so anyway, welcome to the Hawk. We have Nate Hills here today. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing Pretty great, man. Welcome good. in. Yeah. So why don't we start off by telling everybody who you are and what you do and how you came to do what you're doing. I have been racing mountain bikes for 12 years now, and I um, my background is uh, I race pro downhill. I had a pro cross-country license for a couple of years. Um, I've sort of settled on enduro as my chosen discipline. It kind of blends everything together, kind of like all that stuff. Um, recently, probably how you guys know me is through YouTube. I started a YouTube channel like uh, a year and maybe four months ago now. And it's been picking up momentum and uh, growing and all that. So I've been having fun uh, doing that side of things. And yeah, that's kind of my sort of general broad background, if you will. Cool. So so your job is a pro mountain bike racer. Yeah, that's that's what I do for a living. And I, I race full time and travel and do media projects and all sorts of different things. But uh, yeah, basically, I'm a bike race bike wow. racer. Because there's very, there's very few, I mean, I've met a lot of pro racers and pro mountain bikers and stuff, but rarely is it really what they do. You know, it's usually a side thing or, or a part-time thing. So the full-timers yeah, are know, pretty I, rare. I've done, some, um, I've done some like table waiting and stuff like that over the years to kind of supplement that sort of thing. But in the last couple of years, I've been able to make this work uh, full time and um, just focus on the cycling and the training and all that stuff and uh, make this work in a, into a career. And then the YouTube thing is starting to gain some momentum. So it's kind of fun to play with that. And there's a little bit of promotion for myself and my sponsors and that sort of thing in those avenues. So everybody's kind of excited that I'm you know, going down that road a little bit and getting reaching more people, essentially. Yeah. It's like a perfect marriage, like you said, too, because, you know, you've been doing that for a while and uh, you get more exposure. You get to show your riding prowess, your skills, and you're already traveling to all these places. So that gives you amazing footage to, to film. And then you also get more more eyes on um, your for your sponsors. Like everyone wins through through you, the YouTube videos, which is pretty cool. Even putting skills aside, just have, being able to access incredible trails all the time and constantly post new ones is i think the biggest barrier and obviously you've yeah. got that figured out yeah for sure like like you said like traveling and doing the race thing it's always i'm, I'm already there anyway right so if yeah. i can film some of the tracks or some of the iconic trails in the area then you know all the better and um, my whole my whole angle is like I'm trying to show these trails ridden like by pros at trail right. speed, like a different perspective than a lot of people have seen, right? So that's yeah. kind of my deal. Um, so yeah, if I can like incorporate that into my race travel and do some documenting on the side, then it kind of you know it helps everything, and it's uh, it's cool. It's it's been a good project, and I haven't. Uh, I've been using the gimbal full time and that's the only thing I'm going to film with. Um, as far as chess stuff, it's all I can really watch when I'm like looking at YouTube, everything else is shaking and crazy. And like, I'm super into using that thing and making cool footage yeah. with it. You know, I've heard people say, ah, oh, the gimbal hides all the bumps, but they're not the ones sitting there editing it for two hours. Looking, yeah. <laughs> you know, getting yeah. busy. Yeah, it like makes you sick to watch. It yeah. makes me sick to watch like POV that's not stabilized. I can't. I can. I can look at it for like three seconds, and I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. Right. 
Not, not, not. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm not like being all geeky cinema guy, or whatever. But like, it does look really sweet. And when the camera's on yeah. the gimbal, it really lets it shoot it cleanly and like makes everything look so much better and lets the camera work properly. So, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And this all came about because I used to um, when you race enduro, you might be lucky to get one or two practice runs on a track. So you mm-hmm. you always film the track, right? Oh, that's so good, then yeah. I'm going back through my footage, looking at the tracks. And I can't even like I can't even see the trail in my helmet cam stuff. So I was like, well, I need to do something better so I can actually see the finer points of these tracks that I'm going to race tomorrow. Dude, so I so started cool. using the gimbal uh, in that capacity, and I was like, oh, I can actually see the trail now, and this is sweet. And it actually helped my racing and um, that sort of thing using it using it that way. Is that something that a lot of racers do? Like they film the track so that they can go back and review it before the race? You know, a lot of the a lot of the top racers uh, do do that because I mean, basically the situation is like I'll fly to Mexico and then I've never been these trails. I have no idea. You have like two days to practice. You have to save energy for the race, or you're, you're just gonna suck, right? So yeah. like, you got to sort of budget your output with um, you know how many eyes you get on the track, right? So like, if you can film the track once and ride it once. Sometimes that's a better strategy than trying to do like four runs on it and then be so tired that you can't ride fast for the race. So filming that cleanly and getting a good run on it and then being able to go back and watch that is, is a huge benefit to people that have never raced or, you know, it's like blind tracks, right? So yeah. you found that it's been a huge help. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, my, my perspective is from like racing downhill for years. I, I raced pro downhill for like eight years, right? And so you have one track per weekend. And you do a track walk and you look at it and then you yeah. go do some runs and then you go back and you do another track walk and then you look at it some more and you're analyzing, hyper analyzing every single line. But enduro is like, Much you don't know what the hell you're getting into. You basically just want to remember the parts where you're going to like die and ragdoll and something's going to catch you out. Right. Right. So like having the footage of that stuff is, is highly valuable to be able to just get your head like in that mode of like, Oh, I kind of remember that even though I've only had one run and you can watch it. So yeah, it'd be a benefit to even cross country racers that like just trying to get their mind, you know, visually around like what they're trying to race and like where to budget energy and that sort of thing. Like it's a huge, uh, it's a huge benefit. Right now, anybody who watches your channel that's, that's watching this, they're in the comments right now, like post those videos of those enduro courses from back in the day. Yeah, I should, I should put up some of that, some of that stuff that I have. And I do have, I have tons of footage, but like. My whole deal is I'm always trying to balance, like you guys, you know, I'm trying to balance yeah. the modern attention span yep. with like how long are people going to stay engaged? And I like what uh, like uh, BKXC has done, where he's like his Patreon is set up for like longer based uh, video format. So I was thinking about maybe doing something like that and putting up bigger edits or more things that other people could access in different ways. But for the attention span, I try to keep it like you know four to seven minutes. And yeah, it is a sweet platform for it still is kind of for fun for me the youtube thing but i'm not really trying to spam people but if they're stoked on what i'm doing and my products that i use yeah. my sponsors are in there then you know all the better for everybody right oh yeah yeah exactly so speaking of which who are your sponsors like who are your main sponsors and and what do they all do for you SRAM and RockShock are probably my biggest sponsor. Those guys provide all my drivetrain and all of my um, suspension and that sort of thing. Um, I do race for Yeti. Um, I'm technically an ambassador for those guys. 
for for Yeti, they do my clothing and my frames, and I organize all the rest of my situation. You know, uh, Smith helps me out a lot. Um, Ergon, who makes uh, grips and saddles in my back, my packs, that sort of thing. Those guys help me out a ton. Uh, Oscar Blues, who is a local um, brewery in Colorado, actually sponsors me and helps helps me out with that stuff. So those are good guys. Definitely yeah, somewhere you got to visit. A bunch of smaller partners and help from the bike industry to basically make travel happen and projects happen and support my racing and let me do this kind of thing. So that's awesome. So aside from filming and YouTube and everything like that, when you go out to ride and you can pick anything to ride, what's the type of trail? that you're really interested in just riding for fun? Um, boy, anymore, I'm more like uh, at home in the mountains and on natural trail and really rugged kind of raw terrain. Um, I love, like, I'm, I'm a big dirt jumper, and I like, like, tight dirt jump sets on a hardtail, and I like, like, the bike park stuff, but I'm more of a natural terrain uh, guy, and I like cruising the jumps and riding all that stuff too, but, like, I want to be off the beaten path, like rustic, weird trails, slapping through the bushes and running over rocks and pretty much, yeah, unmanicured, not sanitized, like natural trail is where my heart's at right now. That's cool. No, that, that's admirable. Um, that's really the spirit of mountain biking. Yeah. 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 I just, I feel like once you've ridden like one flow trail, you've, you've ridden most of them. It's like the same turns and apexes and turns and berms and i sort of just like the challenge of like janky like shit alpine trail where you have to like make it work yes it's it's like you're thinking and it's more engaging than just like cruising like blue flow stuff you know what i mean yeah like um in your bartlett video i could tell that you're used to riding a lot of different types of terrain because who's your friend that was in front of you Uh, that's my buddy uh kyle 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 mears yeah Yeah, i've seen a lot of I seen a lot of clips of him. I saw during that Bartlett video, he was like, "Okay, yeah, there's gonna be a little gap over here, and then we're gonna turn down to make sure you keep up your speed." And you're like, "Okay, I trust you." And of course, that was your first time riding that feature, and you just followed him right over it. Yeah, I mean, I've been riding with that guy for a bunch of years, and we've been in all sorts of stupid situations together, and basically trust each other to. Uh, if I know a line, I'll tow him into it, and he won't even question it, and he'll hit a 40 foot jump behind me without looking at it or vice versa. Like if he, if he's confident of where this is going to go and he's done it before, I I know that I can just follow his wheel and it'll be, it'll be okay. You know, we all have friends who would do just crazy things in a bike. And like, for instance, when Kyle was on the top of that, how did you put it? The shit, the pants shittingly steep or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, He's on the top of that. Like, at what point do you tell your dear friend, like, don't do that or stop? Because I personally never do. I never do either. (laughs) But I'll tell you, man, Kyle, Kyle's, Kyle's 45 years old. No way. He's the most, he's the most skilled human being that I've spent, like, a lot of time riding with. I mean, I've I've ridden with, like, a bunch of the best people, whatever, in the world. Best racers, right? But, like, that guy has a style and, like, just, like, so no, like nothing I've ever seen, right? Like, he's he, I'm, I'm, I'm a better racer than he is, but he has so much more skill than me on a bike that it's just silly. Like, the way he rides and his approach and it's just, like, brute force and power, but, like, 
fluid smoothness. He has total command of the bike in the terrain. I mean, I've seen him in front of you. Just skills, man. And on his home trails, it's, it's like fucking poetry to follow him and watch. It's just, it taught me so much. And like, he says, I taught him everything, but that's, that's a bunch of shit. Like he's, he's definitely, (laughs) uh, really skilled. So when he, when he's like, Oh, I'm going to do this 50 foot gap. I'm like, okay, well I support your decision. Go for it, bro. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be there no matter what happens. When you're in the company of other kind of crazy people, it's like you, you, maybe you don't know what it's like to be in front of that particular feature, but you know what it's like when you look at something and you scout it out and you're like, well, I can do that. I'm just, I'll just jump off over here and it's going to be fine. And when you have the experience to actually make that judgment, it's actually not crazy. It's actually doable. No, it's, it's all really calculated. Right. And my, my whole approach is like, if I see someone do something, I can, I can do it too. Like I have enough, skill and, and stupid confidence that I'm like, yeah, if he wrote it, I think I can probably do that. Right. So like just seeing it done, like right in front of you, like if you guys were at a bar lid and someone was like sending the mushroom drop, you would have been like, Oh, well I'll follow you to that. That doesn't seem so bad, but I would have followed somebody it, off of it. I would have followed somebody of off angle. of it, but I would have never blazed it. No way. Yeah. That's the thing is like <laughs> having that perspective and seeing that happen is like a different ball game than actually like showing up someplace weird like that and being like, Oh, I'm just going to huck off that. Like, that's not even really a thing. Like you got yeah, the only clue you had was that you saw tire tracks on the tranny. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some skid marks in the ball down there. Like, yeah, oh, I don't right. know what happened after those tires hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What might look crazy to one person is like child's play to the local that rides that shit all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh yeah. Just interesting. I think oh, that's yeah. su- I think that's such a cool discussion. You you hadn't like scouted most of that stuff. You were you were just following him one time. I no, I'd never ridden a single wow. thing of that. The only thing that I scouted was uh, that mushroom drop thing. Dude, that thing was beast. I wish you had turned around and showed everyone that. I saw we, that thing. We eyed that thing, it's and like, that no was way. massive. And it looked so small on your video. <laughs> it looks, dude, it looks so huge. small. And the that, gimbal, there you go, right? It's like you that can thing's go not small. Fifteen foot to <laughs> rock, and it doesn't even like shake. So people dude, have no concept I know. Of, like how big that thing actually is. Like the approach to it and the drop, like the diagonal approach to dodge that rock on the right, and then yeah, it's just so sketchy. Like, whole, it's so sketchy. It's a weird thing, and it's blind. And I basically, you know, we like did a few circles and did a couple yeah. run-ins, and then like I was like, all right, I'll just fall into it, and sure enough, it works fine. You know, I was thinking about it hard. Like I was looking at it, I saw tire marks, and I'm like, somebody's doing this, but Bartlett yeah. like fucks with your head because there's oh, yeah. nothing around to give you a frame of reference for how big everything is there's not like trees and bushes it's just like that's it like the perspective out there is just different it's like being on the moon and you don't know what's big and small and it's just a hard thing to get your head around like the uh the size factor out there so we had that we have this one shot on um on brian's um drone where we were at that we were at the half pipe and uh and one person, someone hit it, and then, like, he zoomed out, and you saw it was, like, there was this half pipe of rock, and then you zoomed out a little bit, and then it's like, yeah, it, like, sloped down, but then he zoomed out even further. And it's, like, there was just this one piece on this massive, like, larger-than-life cliff, and it was, like, it was just this one little part. Yeah. It, and that's, it, like, really captured the just the vastness of that of that area. So cool. 
Just yeah, nuts. it's really, really cool and unique and unlike anything I've ever really seen anywhere. Just giant skate park and ride around and figure it out and find lines, you know. Speaking of which, do you have a history in BMX? Uh, not really. Like, I mean, I grew up like every kid does riding, riding small bikes and enjoying that, but I never did any racing or took it that seriously. Really. It was just always fun. Like bike riding growing up. And what about a dirt jump or anything like that? I do. I have dirt jumped for like 15 years and I have a sweet Yeti hardtail DJ that has a hundred mil fork on it. Just set up single speed, no gears, just go and ride that thing quite a bit. And there's some cool jump parks, like pretty close to me and around Denver that I can ride. So yeah, I do, I do enjoy that stuff and try to ride that bike as much as I can when I'm not traveling and that sort of thing. So you ride all winter. You know, I don't ride all winter. Um, if I'm traveling, uh, I'll go someplace and ride. Um, I rode yesterday in Denver. It was 60 degrees and the snow is like just starting to melt off the trails. So that was fun. I might actually go after this interview after, uh, go down there again. Cause it's like an hour from my house and I can ride for a few hours. Um, I basically, I do a lot of skiing and ski touring and I try to just kind of like go skiing and give my body and my mind a break from racing and riding and just kind of like approach uh the spring with a sort of fresh attitude and that's kind of where my head's usually at at that point i think in mountain biking the skill to strength ratio is way in the skill area for sure totally the guys that can ride their bikes are winning the races not the guy who's fit and right even would you say that holds true for the enduro races even with the the uh the you know, the setup that an enduro is like with the stages tough. That blurs the line a little more because it is a, a budgeted, I mean, you might be on your bike for eight hours right? and you might have to race four different stages and you might have to do that for several days in a row. So like the fastest guy who can ride his bike the best, like, like a guy like Richie rude, even though he's young and doesn't have that base fitness of somebody like me, he right. can still ride his bike better. So he's going to beat me on the time and, sections. Yeah, so like yeah. if we were to do like a a ten day race, I might finally start to wear him down at the end because I'm old and I have old man strength. But like if it's just like a few day event, like he's gonna smoke me because he's you know downhill junior world champion and that's who right. he is, right? So it's it's still like skill almost always wins, and once it starts getting like longer events and harder, like it evens out towards the end when people are getting tired and things, you know. What what about like with the Whistler ride, like? From the article I read on Pink Bike, it sounded like Whistler made their uh, enduro the 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 I don't know the gap parts you know between the time like the uphills they made those like pretty grueling. Did that have a? Do you think that enduro races will move more towards that to balance things or what? Well, the reason that they did that was because they the, it was such a long day. It was like a ten hour day, and yeah. if they didn't keep four hundred people moving through the tracks. Uh, they wouldn't. It would have been dark, and they wouldn't have been able to finish. Uh, so last year it wasn't so bad. The year before that, it was like a suffer fest to get to each stage. Yeah. So last year they kind of relaxed some of those times and put in an extra chairlift ride instead of transitioning the whole thing to make it more attainable for the average people. Because like these race promoters, like <clears throat> they want to put on a rad event for the pros, but they don't want to discourage amateurs. That's not what the right. sport's about. Like we're trying to get right. people to race and have fun. So like finding that line of like, this is too hard. Like let's let the AMs take the chairlift or whatever they might do to make it more inclusive. Like that's I think the direction forward for that's cool for that style of racing. You know, 
in the States, racing enduro, like there's lots of tracks that I don't want to race on because they're lame and they're pedaling and they're not bike skills. And I can win those races because I'm really fit and I've been doing this yeah. for 20 years. And, but that's not what I want. Like I want to win like the rad tracks, the downhill tracks. And that's yeah. like what I want for the sport. So like, I'm pretty honest with the fact that like, if something's flat and pedally, like I know I can probably do well, but like, that's not the direction I want to see things go in for the future of the sport. And like, I have that perspective. Right. You know? That's rad, dude. That's admirable. Yeah. Really. I raced, I raced eight years pro downhill. I raced like two years of pro cross country. Like I have a pretty mixed bag, but like you shouldn't be able to win an enduro race by just pedaling. Like you should be able to ride your bike no. and that's what. That's why we do it, and it's fun. It's and not a road not, race. It's not an XC race. No. It's an enduro race. Yeah. What so, would be a, what, what's one of those races you're alluding to? What would you say? One it's, of the not stages. Really a, it's not really one race, but it's more like a couple of stages out of each event. We're okay. kind of like, we're kinda like, why do we just race that? That was like a blue flow trail at a bike park. Like That doesn't yeah. show anybody anything except for I hit a berm really hard, and then I sprinted, and then I hit a berm really hard, and then I hit a double that was three feet too short and then i whatever you know so like some of the even on the ews tracks like when we raced really? aspen last year like some of those tracks were like a little bit blue run pedally and as a whole race series like you do need a little bit of that because it should be well-rounded but like it shouldn't be deciding like the outcome just on solely like sprinting power out of, out of turns you know it should be yeah. more bike riding like that's what we're doing mm. seth you know? would you ever consider trying to race no First of all, um, I'm not fit enough, and the amount of time and commitment that I'd have to put in to get fit enough. I have a web development company and a YouTube channel, and I work seven days. I just there's no way. Racing's not my thing. I think teaching yeah. and making interesting videos and just sharing experience is probably my thing, and I'll probably stick with that. And the way I really? look at it is racing advanced. I don't stand the chance physically, and I would never stand the chance physically racing beginner is not even fair especially on a local race which is where i would start on a local race i would have to be in advanced and i don't even come close to the physical fitness level of those guys what about one of the races where it's like a multi-day epic and it's not so much about where you place but about the experience and the place and the people then i would just die you'd probably try that right <laughs> dude i don't know what are you talking about you you've never really well i don't know I don't. I haven't ridden with you enough yet, but I have yet to see you really struggle physically. No, but we're not trying to kill it. Like I, so when I race with guys that train in XE, I have no prayer of keeping up with them. Not even for a few minutes, because yeah. at first, like if I catch somebody in a yeah, I blow the any XE racer around here away in a, in a in a minute. After a minute, <laughs> the gap closes up and um and they're gone. Yeah. And they're gone. I start throwing up. I, 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 <laughs> rode with, I rode with Clint Gibbs in, um, at, over in Ocala. I kept drinking more and more water, and my body wasn't absorbing it. I didn't have enough, like, salt in my system, I guess. And I kept drinking water, and I, kept, and I ran out of water. And I got a big-ass hydration pack. I ran out of water, and I was still thirsty. And then um, and I'm trying to keep up with Clint. I pull over to the side and I'm like, dude, uh, uh, and I can't, I can't even speak loud enough for him to hear me. So he's like, goes off in the distance. I have my GoPro on and I threw up like two liters of water. <laughs> so in conclusion, no, no racing for me. 
if you've seen if you've seen point of view mountain biking channels, you might be under the impression that you've seen them all, but that's really not the case. Everybody's got different riding styles. Everybody rides different places, and when you watch Nate's channel, you're behind the cockpit of a pro enduro racer, and uh, the people he's following are always seriously skilled. So it's it's a good watch, I assure you. So check the description for links. And uh, Nate, it was awesome having you. Yeah, today. thanks. I appreciate the time, and it's good to wrap with you guys a little bit here and talk about YouTube and racing and all the other stuff. For sure. Yeah, it was great to meet you. Thank you. So now being that it's still like 60 degrees out in Denver and you only have about an hour to go to ride, I guess it's time for all of us to get the huck out of here. <laughs>